Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 189 of the podcast with Greg Mitchell. Now, for those who haven't come across Greg, I had the fortune, the pleasure, whatever you want to call it, of watching him present about four or five weeks ago on our live education summit. And the man is an entertainer. Not only that, his wisdom, his passion, and his energy just jumps off the screen and they'll jump through the sound blaster for you today. Now, Greg is the ultimate storyteller. As well as that, his passion, it doesn't really matter if you're an educator, if you're a talker, you're a storyteller, you're a parent, you're a husband, you're an athlete. It doesn't matter what you do. Greg will have something in today's episode for you. So guys, I'm really excited. Um, not often I get Trump for energy, but I tell you what, I think Greg has me today. So guys, sit back. This is episode number 189. to the podcast very excited greg mitchell from wa how are you buddy i'm awesome thank you how are you good mate now we were introduced when was it last thursday by a mutual friend sean k and you actually broke your v plates with your first ever webinar um, on our online education summit which i must admit you absolutely crushed i, I could listen to you talk for ages hence why you're on here today so how was that experience for you mate uh terrifying it's as bad as it'll ever be uh, all of the stuff never arrived, so we never got the. Uh, we've ordered green screens and good lights and a, and a microphone, not as big as yours, but you know, <laughs> I'm not envious. But <laughs> a microphone and a webcam and all of those things. We put the curtains in, made the room beautiful. None of it arrived on time, so this is as bad as it's ever going to look. So I uh, got a bit of shine on the face and all of those things, and I and I really want to be good at it, but. Uh, uh, at the moment, I'm still doing baby steps. The good news is that um, I think the feedback was excellent. In fact, Unbelievable. I read a couple that made me go, oh, gee, I really touched somebody's life, which is excellent. And uh, I put it on LinkedIn for a bit of connection because uh, just to tell people that I'm still alive. And because, uh, <laughs> you know, when you're my age, some people think you'll shuffle pretty quick. And um, the... <laughs> In the end, it came down to uh, uh, feedback was good. So I know the content's great, but it, it's the delivery that's a bit hard. Because like you, I'm an interaction. I've always got people jumping up, moving around. Um, and it's a bit hard because when you're presenting online, there's no gaps. You know, like I can't say you two get together and tell each other the story of your life. Yeah. You know, two trips of the elephant and then stick my awesome elephant on. You ever seen my elephant timer? No, I haven't. Watch this, this is, this is excellent. Uh, it used to be a 30 second timer, but I stood on it. And it's this, this thing here, this is called uh, a ramp. And this is the ramp walker. Okay. So hang on, it's a, it's a cute little wooden elephant. So, Greg, remember, and, this is a podcast, uh, so people people can't see, but I'm going to describe it. So, hang it's on, a little can you see up there? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> hang on, I've got to get it to work. Hang on. So, for those guys listening along, Greg's got this. There it is. 
I'll might, I might have to post the audio and video for this one. Look at that go. How long does that take? Isn't that good? <laughs> it used to be a 13-second timer, but Kate, my wife's the technical genius, so she's improved it to be a 17-second timer. <laughs> so you get two trips to the elephant to tell the person next to you the story of your life. And then I go into how we communicate and what we need to validate each other with and all of those sorts of things. And so that's a large percentage of many of my professional developments because most of the schools that I work with don't talk to each other. They're so busy doing the busyness that they forget that the business is each other. And um, that little quote that I used uh, in the podcast about um, your organisation is perfectly designed to create the results that you get. And, you know, I'm working with people with the worst kids in the world and in dangerous schools and stuff like that. And it's really harsh to say to them, well, if you don't change things, nothing will change. But if I give them the basic simple stuff, like let's just talk to each other and find out who you are and then tell them what you heard, because when you validate what people tell you, you get real connection. Then I can get things to work. So when I'm online, I can't do those things. So it's really hard seeing that up there. And it's really difficult because all you've got is content. You know, you, you can't do that. I allude to things and stuff like that, but I found that a bit difficult. But um, I, I'm, I'm devious and I'll find ways. I'll find ways. So and uh, that's one thing I want to sort of go with you there. Like I'm huge on the human connection, the socializing, the interaction that you get from a live event. And you'll never be able to beat that, Greg. What the magic I call it that's creating the room is unbelievable. And that's one thing I'm really missing as a presenter. And I'm, I'm sure you are as well. But have you been, I've been more tired lately. I could run day after day live workshop, but doing an online event, I'm, tired because you don't get those down times there's no ups and downs it's always just you're always going have you have yeah you and you're always talking and if, yeah. if you could see under the table which i don't suggest you should but <laughs> i haven't got pants on today but um if you can see under the table my legs are crossed incredibly and over the wheels of the uh, of the chair so that uh i don't move too much because when I present, uh, I, I can stand still, but I'd rather move around and I'd rather move with it. And that's the problem because I think you're anchoring yourself to one spot and you're using all of those muscles and physiological things that you're used to getting. But the thing I miss is that, that I miss the most is, well, one, I couldn't even see my face when I was talking. Uh, on, you look good, though. Uh, you look good, mate. I'll tell you right now. You look great. And all I notice is all of my... I've got this weird thing where I suck up extra stuff and I'm quite dyslexic and uh, it's not so bad. I can read and write now, but, you know, I'm about four times slower than most other people. But when I'm talking, I, I will sometimes lose words. It's not that I don't know what the word is or what I want to say. And, and I have this bit where I stop, I take a breath, and then I'll finish the sentence. <laughs> when I do it live, it's part of, you know, the... Your act. You don't notice it. But when it's replayed back, I see all of my weird eye rolls and all of that sort of stuff. And, 
Oh, God, it, it, it took a lot of um, bravery to put it out there to the professional community. But I thought, stuff it, I've got to do it anyway. So I just put it out there and hoped that it worked. Well, it did, mate. It did. And, and Greg, so with you being dyslexic, like I, I am a atrocious speller. And I think I've never been diagnosed, but I, I think I, I would have it because I can't see certain words. And I know it takes me a lot because I, I'll put things out there and it, they're, they're wrong. You know, and when we're dealing with teachers, that they'll pick up on it. And it took me a long time to say, you know what, Dale, like, you're not perfect to everything. I'm trying my best. Um, did you, were there hurdles that you had to overcome with that? And it sounds like, with the like the online presenting that that was a bit of a hurdle because you haven't done that before did have you found yeah we've been dyslexic uh all the time I, I come from a really poor background and um uh success wasn't in our family uh, in a family lexicon they're, they're quite a uh, an event my family and um it just wasn't picked up you know and at school i, I was smart at some things but not at other stuff and um Verbally, top notch. You know, I'll talk to anybody about anything. And if tell. you explain things to me, I get things, and I pick up, and I pick up concepts really well. You know, like, uh, uh, and that's why I like Kate along because she asks all the questions that I don't, and I learn with it, and I'm relational, so that works. But at school, when I had to sit down and shut up and read, uh, I just hid it. I just pretended that I knew stuff, and. Um, when you come from my background, that means you end up in all the worst classes with all the worst kids doing the worst things possible. But um, I, I cope well with it. Um, I stayed at school because uh, of the Vietnam War. If I had a finished school when I was 16, uh, like I wanted to, in fact, I wanted to finish school when I was 14, I could have been conscripted when I was 18. But if I stayed at school, they, they would conscription when you're, you're 20 and uh, so I thought that was a really good reason to stay at school uh, I was so good at year 12 I got to do it twice uh, and now now when I look at it I, I look at it and go oh god now I understand I, I couldn't figure out how some kids and I knew I was smarter than them I couldn't figure out how come I was smarter than them but they got much better marks and uh, it took me a long while, a long while. It took um, a few things to get me to go to uni, a few disasters along the way. My life's full of disasters. I'm a, I'm a natural disaster in itself. But um, uh, it, it's like the disasters have been good. So the good things come from bad things. So I would never have gone to uni if I uh, hadn't been in Cyclone Tracy, for example, where we it's a bit more brutal than the coronavirus, I tell you. It's like the coronavirus happening in one night, you know, where you lose everything. It's not the slow death. It's the, I'm going to die and there it is right in front of you. But that was good because that got me to start all over again. And uh, uh, then um, because of that, our life got turned upside down and we accidentally had a few babies and that turned everything <laughs> upside down again so I had to start to think about the future differently and, uh, I <laughs> during the cyclone I promised Kate that one of us would get educated so that, you know if our lives started again that we'd have something to look forward to and I thought she would do it and then, um, 
thanks to the cyclone, the mats, and the uh, the um, uh, the ability to manage our daily tasks got totally upended, and we went on a holiday to Tassie for a week, for a couple of weeks, and when we came back, Kate was pregnant. And that was a good holiday. they told us we had to have our children then or else we'd never have children again. And so we had three kids in four years before I got scared. And that was a motivator for me to get educated. And it wasn't until I actually went to uni and, uh, oh, God, I struggled. I struggled like you got no idea. And, uh, but the, the saving grace is one, of, one, one person asked me to write a kid's story. And so I wrote a kid's story. And uh, she went, that's an awesome story. You should get it published. I went, what? Turned into a book. She said, yeah. I said, why? She said, well, you get money if you turn them into a book. I went, cool. <laughs> I need money. And so um, it took about five years to get that published. But um, only 16 pages, not, not great literature. Uh, but uh, um, it ended up in bookshelf reading series. Uh, and sold 100,000 copies all over the world, English version, American version, all sorts of stuff like that. But that was part of the bookshelf, did that anyway. So it wasn't, people weren't buying my book, they were buying a whole series of mine, wasn't it? But um, two years after that, I won the Chiron Literature Prize, which shows you that uh, this little dyslexic can write better than anybody else in the whole university. And two years after that, the education department hired me as a, uh, as, um, a writer in the school papers. So I got to write for every kid in Australia, in Western Australia, for two years, every day of the week, and I loved it. Uh, still can't spell. Uh, I had to have two secretaries read my work before they sent them to the editors and stuff like that. Um, Sean was upset the other day because I didn't spell his name the right way. And I was thinking... <laughs> I have trouble with my own sometimes. But, uh, well, they, they, the words just don't stick. When I'm writing, I'm just putting words down. They're, they're my words. You, if you read them, if you read them out loud, it's sensible. It's just not the right words. Um, same with reading. I read every single word in a page, and that just slows me down so much. And um, I can do it, but give me a book on Audible. I'll consume it. You know, and, uh, that sort of stuff. And uh, I think it's a lot of people who are dyslexic and very good at being creative and making things work. And uh, once I get it in my head what it should sound like, it'll work. So uh, I don't find it a problem. Uh, people who work with me do. When I write the behaviour ambulance, uh, uh, it took... Um, it took me three and a half months to write it. And uh, I wanted to write it like um, Jeremy Clarkson talking about cars. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah I wanted right. to, yep. you know how he's got that conversational tone? I wanted to kind of write that about behaviour, you know, and just simple things because it's full of strategies and stuff like that. But uh, it only took me about three and a half months to write it once I got my head around what I needed to do. But it took them six months to turn it into English, you know, because <laughs> they needed about four different editors and people would go through it. Because they make it look so good. Because being a teacher, we're really good at bullshit, you know. We're really good 
at making it look good and presenting stuff. And uh, you know how you have those problems. Hang on, I'm trying to get the shirt right. <laughs> and the cameras uh, make it. Got it. Uh, and there are, uh, you know, as teachers, we're good at presenting stuff and making it look good and stuff. And because I can draw a little bit, you know, my, my programs were full of pictures and cartoons and stuff like that. And that was just all to distract from the fact that I had no idea what I was writing most of the time. But, uh, and then I'd go off and just do my own thing and just tick it off. And uh, kids loved it. I loved it. I love teaching. That's great. Yeah, well, the one thing I love about all that, Greg, is that you haven't allowed a title to slow you down. And I think uh, people are looking these days for something to, to maybe not do something or particularly because we get judged. And I know it took me a long time to start putting my work out there without getting checked 35 times because I can't see what's right or wrong. So one thing I love about that is you found ways to work for you, you know, particularly with your um, your kids' books. And the one that you created for the webinar, I don't, I don't think it was just for the webinar, but do you want to explain that? It's on YouTube. It was incredible around the heart for coronavirus. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because um, I was in that transition thing. You know, I went from, as I said on the, uh, on the, um, the webinar, uh, I went from 37 thousand air miles in two months which is my normal stuff going from schools to schools to western australia to perth to melbourne to brisbane and all over the place with it working with schools at the beginning of the year is hard work so it's when i get in and teach a lot of people and then i went from that to you know here we are in friendly downtown my back room type thing <laughs> with uh not used to that rhythm because I was presenting and working every day and things like that. And so I walk a lot, but I need that as therapy. So I went out and was walking around and I saw a, a, a cartoon drawing by a kid on the, on the pavement on a walk past. And um, as I walked past, I thought, it's missing a heart. And there was the story. The story was just there. And I thought, I need some kids' names to work on this, so I used the grandkids' names because we've, we've got eight grandkids, so we've got two sets of names. My daughter did fashion design at TAFE, so we've got four fashion designer kids. We've got um, Atticus, Calypso, Eames and Silver. And my son's a gardener and his son's called Max. <laughs> then there's Ruby, Felix and Asher. And so I thought, you know, which one of those kids was most likely to go out and do something sneaky, like draw something in the middle of the night on a pavement when you're supposed to be inside? And I thought, oh, Asher's the one. So uh, I used that side of the family before names to work it out. And uh, the story was pretty whole. Um, I wanted... Uh, I was a bit restricted because my illustration school skills have been uh, on hold for a long while now. And I hadn't written a kid's story specifically as a kid's story for a long time. Uh, but I actually enjoyed doing it. And uh, then I found out that on PowerPoint, when you do transitions, when you transition to slides, if you use Morph, you get animation. <laughs> 
because if there's an object that you put on the first slide and you move it to another place on the second slide, just duplicate it and it actually moves. And I thought, holy moly, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> and so I decided I would make it into a, um, a, a kind of a movie book type arrangement where I showed the book, didn't have a narrator, just let it run and put it together. And uh, I put it in New York because, one, I, I live in a place which is as far away from New York as you can be and still be on the planet. And I thought, gee, I'm really, this is not a bad place to be in a pandemic, mate. Like, we're, we're a long way from everything. And um, I kept thinking about New York for some reason. I've got no reason why I should be worried about Donald Trump and, uh, and uh, New York or all those people at all. But I've been there once uh, and I absolutely had a ball. Beautiful city. Place. And uh, uh, I thought, well, if I put the book, if I put the story then, um, it would still work because it's a big city and I could have the, uh, the, the chalk drawings. Uh, marching around the place. So if you if you're looking for a search, go to Greg Mitchell's stuff, <laughs> and you'll find it there, along with the pod, uh, along with the webinar uh, in there. And I'm going to build up a little uh, thing to do with it. I'm working at the moment on. Uh, I don't know if you can see this one. I'm trying to do the animation a bit better. Can you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that, Greg. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, and there. Using bigger stuff, this is a teacher uh, who's going to ask, why are my kids all upside down? You know how kids seem to spend half their life standing on their head um, <laughs> with their butts in the air? And so I'm going to try 10 different types of reply from kids, you know, like because it's Friday or... Oh, it turns your smile up, it turns your frown upside down, um, all of those sorts of stuff with kids hanging off monkey bars and, you know, doing cartwheels and uh, all that sort of stuff. And where she goes, oh, you've convinced me, and then she does a cartwheel herself. Really? I like it. <laughs> and with all the kids going, with all the kids going, oh, no, no don't do that. Oh. <laughs> and they're all sitting on the ground laughing afterwards. But... Um, that's what happens when you turn the creative process on because I need something to do and um, it's very hard to consult with schools down the tube. Um, you don't get a good picture of what's going on. So that's kind of stopped and all of the speaking stuff is stopped, so that's gone. So I've got to occupy myself somehow. <laughs> I'd love it if I could earn some money out of it, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, I think um, I think one of the things that this has allowed it's allowed you to find that creativity again. You know, because and I found the same thing, Greg. Because I was so busy presenting, flying, working, doing all these things that the things I really enjoyed doing, like creating. I love creating games and different things, and I was really struggling to find time to do that because you know everything else was so busy. So, like you with your your picture book you know, and your drawings and your uh, illustration again, 
it's probably even though the money isn't coming in and all the other things going on in a way it's been a positive because you found that spark again yeah i know i've always got something on the go there's always uh an idea going around in my head that's a possible thing as well and there's some things that i should do and there's some things that i just love to do and that's like that difference between work and play i like to blur the lines if i can but uh, <laughs> yeah uh, i'm usually having a good time but uh it's kind of fine those things that you know your little passion projects your stuff that make you go oh wow that's so cool and uh, it's a bit scary though because when you put them out youtube is really interesting because um you can publish straight away now which when, when i was writing books back in the old days oh, it took 18 months often for a book to come out from when they accepted it and then even from when they drew it to get it out into the market now you can do it straight away but it also means that your pro that your mistakes are on display for everyone to see <laughs> and you go oh no, geez, i need to fix that up and so it's got that added tension to it so interesting stuff indeed yeah so are you finding are you liking the the way it can be now and like you just said that it's so easy to become an author it's so easy to become to do whatever you want because it's click of a button if you want to do a video bang it's on youtube if you want to do a podcast you can release it in with two minutes do you know what i mean you can the possibility is amazing whereas it never used to be like that but then it's also a bit scary and daunting as well i suppose greg yeah well it's kind of funny because in a sense uh it's cheap right because you do it for nothing uh whereas if you if you write a book uh people have invested money in creating it and stuff like that and so um uh the the funny thing is with that is because they do that they want to sell it for you too because they've invested <laughs> them and they're getting back much more than you do so they're they're quite happy to push it and work it out there uh, my biggest thing is is trying to figure out how do I get this stuff seen? You know, where where do I where do I connect it to, and how can I work it? Uh, can I use this on uh, uh, Twitter's not the place to put this. Where do I put it? How does it work? That sort of stuff. What have, but, um, what have you figured out with that? What's what's the best? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> not a thing. Not a thing. I, I'm just I'm like. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm one of those people who hopes that someone goes, oh, there's a talent, I'll pick him up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've often think I need a promoter. But um, it's kind of funny. I've had different people ask me to do different things at different times. I, I have a lot of, I use a lot of toys and stuff like the ramp walker and those sorts of things. And uh, one of my mates said, oh, can I be your merchandising manager? You know, can I? put you online and uh, uh, we've never actually got around to building the shop. It's kind of funny because if you have a look at some cool stuff now, this is cool. This is, can you see that? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. That's a little little pocket from uh, Dyson. And in it, I've put, have you seen one of these? This is are cool. Are you going to do a magic trick for me? I heard, I heard this you're is a called, uh, This is called an arm slinky. All right, and it goes. You see that pop up there? It's yeah. like a slinky. Yeah. But it, hang on, I'm all uncoordinated here. Okay. You can roll it from one side to the other. And if you've got 
bare arms, it feels freaking awesome. So it's sort of like one of those things that when you put it over your head, have you heard those those skull things that? Yeah, yeah, like 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 what they call those the orgasmatrons. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. so it's sort of like you put on your head. Arms. Oh, suddenly you're gone. <laughs> but um, now these are cool. So, uh, but it's funny when you do this because. I find that if I give that to a kid who's anxious, they love it. It's that physical stimulus that gets them into their body, gets that mindfulness in place and things like that. And the biggest buyers of these things from me is like um, uh, Juvie in uh, Brisbane, you know, Juvenile Justice, Waikol, Junior Prison. They bought a stack of those because they said, their boys need to learn how to shake hands uh, and, and to ask questions. So when you shake hands, you pass it on, you ask a question to the other kid, kid and they've got to answer you back. And uh, those are the things that I love, but I've never gotten around to, because I'm a lousy salesman, but uh, I love the idea, but I hate the, uh, the, the marketing of it. And um, I've got no idea how people promote themselves. Uh, and I've got no idea how some things get online and become viral. But um, in the nicest possible way, not in a COVID sort of way. But, uh, yeah, but I'm always looking for cool things. I'm always looking for things that, you know, like you're always looking for a good game and things like that. <laughs> I'm always looking for, oh, look at that toy or a bit of magic or a, I collect noisemakers, you know, things like, you know. Okay. You've got a whole box of stuff down here I on the floor. I can see this. <laughs> you really don't want to see. This is a simple one. All it says is bits of wood. And when you... You can use that in a class just to change it up. Instead of the, hey, listen up, you know, that sort of stuff. You wax some things down. And I've got a whole mob of different fun ways of getting attention and things like that. But that means I'm always carrying a box of stuff around with me. And that's cool. Kids love it. Like, what have you got today? <laughs> and uh, that's what I want. That's what yeah. I want. What's when I see a kid light up, that's the whole thing. That's the, that's the thing I can't give up. And that's the thing that I miss at the moment is that are we going to be able to craft a message that get kids, gets kids to light up and want to switch on and be there with you? And stuff like that and uh, I'm always looking for things like that so you'll notice when I present apart from the fact that there's not many words on the page ever because that's the, the uh, making sure there's too many words that don't upset me um, there's always lots of clips and there's always lots of interaction because if it's not visual I don't think kids get it and I think the problem is is that I've heard a few teachers say, oh, you know, school's kind of on pause at the moment. And I don't think our kids can handle that. I don't think that's good at all. And for the kids that I work with, they're not engaged at the best of times. So if we're going to lose them completely, let's be finding better ways to attract them and get them interested. So I'm always looking for the coolest stuff around. Yeah, do you find... Uh that at the moment that that is one of the hardest things that teachers are finding it really tough to get that interaction or 
particularly because they can't see if the kids are engaged with it. And I know like filming it and sending it back and there's probably no right or wrong way to do it. But are you finding that that's the biggest issue we're having at the moment that teachers don't know if the kids are engaged kids mm. maybe from the full concept or I, like, what are you, what are you seeing and hearing, I suppose? around? Yeah. That? From what I can see, you know, teachers aren't thinking of different ways to present stuff, right? It's either, here's the packet or here's the video or you've got your textbook do these things and have a look at the answers in the back and then tell me how you went. instead of going well using things like in classrooms i use a lot of uh cold cooling so i don't like hands up at all i like to pick on any kid any time because i want them to be really on with me and what happens with that is that I have a method of uh, if I pick on you and you don't know the answer, uh, you've got to show me that you've thought. So, you know, the difference between what thinking looks like, oh, this is thinking. That's <laughs> what it sounds like. <laughs> and then there's metacognition. So the difference between think and metacognition <laughs> You've got to show me that you're doing that. If you show me that you're doing that, you're allowed to say, I don't know. So if you say, I don't know, say, I don't know. I don't know. Excellent. When a kid <laughs> says, I don't know, celebrate. They've just gone from being unconsciously incompetent to consciously incompetent. <laughs> now, now you've got a chance to teach them. Who could you find out from? And so they've got to ask somebody else. But in a Zoom, if it's well set up, they can jump around in that room and say, who are you going to ask? Okay, what's the answer? And that way kids learn because they're engaged. They, they find out it's okay to make mistakes. I will be cradle with it. But you can't do that with spontaneity very easily because, one, it's unless you've really got agility handling the material, you're going to find it hard. The kids are better at it than the teachers are. So the teachers try to limit themselves to what they're doing instead of saying to a kid, can you set this up so you can talk to each other? The next bit is, is if you can't do that, do show call. So use the shared screen stuff in your Zoom thing where you say, okay, show us your work. Uh, I'm going to pick on Dale. Dale, show us your work. Okay, everybody else, what have you noticed? Is it right? Is it wrong? Is there a better way to do this? How else could you do it? That's how you get the engagement. But we've got to teach people that it's okay to do that and it's okay to take a bit more time. And I think the part of the problem is we're used to periods, you know, like you've got 50 minutes to teach this, whereas this might take a bit longer. Yeah. And who cares? Well, the kids aren't doing much else. No. And the parents would love you if you kept them occupied. So it's that sort of stuff, which is yeah. interesting. I think I, I've, what I've found is it's all about building the engagement from the start, you know. And it's like when you're running a workshop or whatever, Greg, if you don't win them over at the start, that connection before content, um, one of the great things I've seen is that um, behind you I can see a ghost, you know. What's that mean to you? Here I've got, I've got my first ever cricket bat. So you could get the kids to hold, find something and then share it with them or mm. there's, all, there's all different things like that that are very simple to do. 
but I just don't think we take the time to build that rapport before we get into the work. And I think more so than ever, because we don't understand the technology, we've never done it before. I think that's really lacking. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, there's lots of opportunities to do it. I, I like uh, in a classroom, because in the first five minutes in the classroom, we're usually wasted. It's when kids come in, some kid comes in late, they get interrupted. If you're a teacher, you start to stand up and go, this is what we're talking about today, and then in comes usually a boy whose name starts with J. And where have you been? And you get interrupted and you lose your spot, and then it's bad. I make it that they have a do now so that they have something on their desk that they can do, like, um, you know, word searches work uh, a treat. And I know they're dumb, but if you put them, do a word search on what you're talking about today, then they can you know, be engaged with that. My favourite one on desks at the moment is uh, use dot to dots, you know, the dot to dot drawings where you go from one to two and follow those lines. And you get one kid to pick up their pencil and put their, their pencil on number one and then close their eyes. And the other kid has to talk them around the dot to dot. Kids kill for this, but it teach them, teaches them totally engaged. You can say things like, well, today uh, your directions are going to be given in north, south, east and west, or today it's 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock, whatever. And kids will do that uh, and they love it. And that's your first five minutes. So when you're ready and the kids are ready, you start with a bang, you know. And, and I think you've got to think about where you start with a bang. You know? TikTok's full of awesome little bits that kids just <laughs> consume, you know, like they're like M&Ms. But, you know, three or four of those before you start to say, you know, what's the best one today? What have you got? Show us the one that you've picked up. Which one do you like? Have it queued up and show us. So we'll have five minutes of entertainment before we start the big the big thing for the day. And when you start, start with a hook. Yeah. You know, start with something that's really going to get those kids in. Something that looks great. Um, I've got a video file if anybody wants it. You'll have to send me a USB in this current climate. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, to give it, I'll fill it up with about 400 of the best clips I can find. Uh, and they're great. You know, they're, they're what you build a whole lesson around an engagement. But it's the same with PD. Uh, if you've got a really good clip, did you like the clip about PS22, the Andy Grammer one, where you sing, oh, I will fight for you? Yes, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember it. Yeah, yeah, and you finish it and he's crying, you're crying, kids are crying. It's that sort of stuff. You put that on. I've got one guy who I showed it to at an early careers conference, and now his class sing that every morning before oh, really? they start. Wow. You know, so cool. I will fight for you. Uh, and he said, to start off with, they were crap at it. But he said, now they're really good at it. You know, that, yeah. uh, that's their song. And um, it's that sort of hook that works. You know, what are the things that you can find? And I love an emotion. I, I love it when we get something that emotionally hooks kids in. So I don't mind, you know, I share stories of my past and things like that, things that hook them in. Uh, my family life was always always worth a joke, so that, that really gets them interested. You know, they get the uh, things that work the other way because uh, they're always fascinated when I tell them things like my 
my mum was mentally ill and she couldn't look after me from when I was two. And my dad had been shot during the war. And I won't tell you where they shot him, but I'm a miracle. <laughs> it's amazing what you can do with half the tools, I think. Dad practised quite a bit. But um, and Dad wasn't shot by the enemy, which might tell you how my family rocks. But things like that build that connection with kids. And I wonder whether there's enough talk and enough play going on or is the technology... I think there's, an, there's a problem where we've become efficient but we're not effective, that we cover the curriculum but we, we are unable to cope with things like the, like the COVID crisis because we're not flexible enough and we haven't learned it. And I think it's kind of interesting that they've closed down uh, NAPLAN and they may have to close down ATAR or they'll have to do it in a different way, which is a bit of a pity because it might be scary that the kids actually do better without us they, and that we might have to think about a different way. Yeah. And I think that would be great because I'm, I'm an anarchist at heart. I think we should really... Uh, if it ain't broken, let's break it. You know, let's let's figure out what we can do differently and work it through. And most of the schools that I work with who have got behaviour management problems, we virtually got to break it apart before we can put it back together again. And um, do things differently. If you've got a school where kids come late because they're, they're not interested and they're not greeted, let's start later. Let them sleep in a bit and have smaller periods which are much more punchy. And uh, take teachers aside and give them give them the option to make create great things, you know? And that's the that's that's really important. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think one thing you're just saying about starting a lesson with punchy, wow, bang, that it also rewards the students or even anyone at a meeting. You think about in a corporate thing, people that rock up late, that everyone has to wait. Why do we have to get penalised for somebody else? And that's essentially uh, people won't be late. Do you know what I mean? Greg, people won't be late because they want to be there for the fun that you've created at the start. Sure. Well, well, the research on it, there's a book called The Science of Meetings, and uh, he says that 70% of uh, all meetings are seen as unproductive by the person who called the meeting in the first place. <laughs> and you're going, shit. But how many times have you sat through a staff meeting and gone, yeah, cool, oh, yeah, great, I'll write that down, I'll take notes, and then walked out and gone, what the hell was that all about? <laughs> no idea. I'm not engaged. And uh, I, I love meetings where, where there's, um, where everybody gets to talk, so you pass the that, and, you know, you get a minute, you get a minute. Because people like me can dominate a meeting easily. <laughs> Whereas, I, and every time you start to talk after a while, people start rolling, rolling the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and you go, oh, it's just me that suffer from enthusiasm. But that's my personality. <laughs> and I'm not the person you want in a meeting where you want to get information, right? There is information and it'll be addressed well. And I can do that if I need to. But you've got to design your meetings for you want to get out of it. And uh, I, th I think there's too many schools that are just uh, uh, there for somebody's ego. We have um, staff meeting because the boss wants it. And um, that's about it. And when we think about it, 
we waste so much time there. And even even online, it's going to be even worse because you'll have a six pm, a six am meeting going. Oh, you know, I should be in the. Oh, oh, I should be asleep, you know. <laughs> and I've got to turn up because there's a time difference. I'm supposed to look interested. <laughs> I found if you want to lose a job, just tell the school that they need better leadership. You don't get hired again. You don't get, you don't get repeat business. No. <laughs> Uh, so, Scary, mate, mate, where where can we find out? So your books, everything. Where can we buy your stuff? Where is the best place to get these amazing? Well, <laughs> this is where I need a promoter because I haven't the made best the promoter going. Made the, if you like, I'm happy for you to merchandise my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the main thing is uh, just just get on the uh, uh, the email to uh, Mitch at space.net.au that's mitch at space.net.au uh that's the jet that that's the email and ask us about anything you want like we've got slinkies flying monkey what else have we got uh hang on. got everything there my, one of my favorites magic coloring in book you ever seen this no. seeing the magic coloring in book of life some people come to school and there's nothing there. Hang on, I'll move that one. My job is to. Oh, jeez, hang on. <laughs> I got the wrong one. Hang on, I'll try again. In the magic colouring and book of life. Jeez, I'm really good at this. <laughs> In the magic colouring and book of life. Some people see nothing there, whereas my job is to. Outline the possibilities. Hey. Is to colour that in. Wow, I like that. And kids will follow you for days, asking, "How did you do that?" <laughs> we got those, but the problem at the moment is, I might say this, but we've got to get them in stock, so it may take forever for them to come out of China. But <laughs> and also, my favourite. This one's called an energy stick. And so it's got a PCB in there and a battery and it gives that electricity, but not enough to hurt you. I put this through a lady with a pacemaker and she was fine. Scared, Scared but she was she fine. Was. <laughs> Touch that, nothing happens. Touch that, nothing happens. Join it up. Get energy and light. I'm going to make the circuit bigger. Here you go. It's going through me. But if I reached out and said, here you go, Dale, hold that, and we held hands there, yeah. it'll make a circuit. And that'll do about 140 kids. There you go. Which is really, really cool. But that's the sort of stuff that I like to just muck around and share with teachers because it's so cool. And they love them. They buy them and stuff like that. You can't see them, the, the timers because... Um, they're from Latvia and they're expensive and they're really hard to import to Australia. But yeah. um, but things like that. Uh, the books you can get through us, uh, we, we'll send them on to you. They're actually printed in, um, even though they're published in New York, they're uh, printed in Scoresby in good old Victoria. So there you go, just down the road. That, that's not there hard to get to. And uh, uh, I've got some... Um, those things, everything else I put online, I usually give my stuff away. 
I'm terrible at money. In fact, um, I'd like to not even think about money forever. But I think in this crisis, uh, seeing Kate's the breadwinner at the moment, I think I might have to think about how I can earn some stuff somehow. (laughs) But uh, I'm also happy to uh, tailor and design workshops and talk for other people. So uh, I got some really cool things at the moment that uh, thanks to the and my philosophy of stuff and uh, thanks to the more facility and PowerPoint look really cool. So I can explain my total concept of how a school works with uh, uh, moving diagrams and things like that, So, uh, which I've drawn. So, uh, yeah. yeah, good fun. So I'm, I'm working on those things, but uh, mainly just nichehatspace.net.au. Perfect. All right. Well, I'll uh, have links in the show notes. And Greg, thanks again, mate. It's been awesome to not only have you present uh, last week on the webinar, because I absolutely loved it and it was fantastic. So um, reach out to Greg. I'll have links for all those amazing gadgets, resources, and your books as well. So um, I know you've been very good with money before, but I tell you what, guys, if you are listening, what a time to buy. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Think of your poor, struggling consultant here. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. So thanks, Chris. Otherwise, if I, if I go to Centrelink, I think it might kill me, but I don't think I'll get there yet. Uh, <laughs> I'll still keep wearing it away at something. Perfect, mate. Well, thanks for saying. Oh, thank you so much for having me.